talking tonight with Miss Victoria Evans on the phone. This is new to me. I've never tried this through Zoom, but at least you're here hearing you. Even if I'm not seeing you, I'm listening to your wonderful voice. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for having me. Of course. I mean, you kind of had have an interesting a list of credentials i mean as a life coach for example <laughs> yeah. that which you know a lot of people need a life coach i mean mm-hmm. a life coach is very important I mean, it's specifically like how have you been uh or for, for you as a life coach how's that experience like for for those who maybe they hear about the job description of a life coach but don't know the specifics and everything okay um a lot of people get it confused with um like a therapist yeah and um it's it's not really the same thing life coach basically um it's basically like an accountability partner um helping you you know make goals and pushing you to your goals and, you know, asking questions like, okay, what, you know, what do you plan next? And kind of just help you push, push you towards your goals. That's what it, you know, that's what it sums up to. And well, for you having been in, in, in that role for uh, like over two years or a good amount of time, mm-hmm. I, I mean, especially currently with COVID and everything and people still trying to find jobs, I, I'm sure like your task as a life coach has been very interesting in recent t- years. Yes, it has. It, it's, it makes things uh, actually a little bit more difficult um, because people can't really go out physically and do the things they need to do. So everyone's having to convert, you know, or had to convert to doing everything online or, you know, over the phone and kind of just being stuck in the house. So it make it, you know, a little bit harder. Um, It's easier to, it's basically one of those things where it made people sit down. A lot of people became entrepreneurs during, um, during COVID because they were sitting in the house, you know, pretty much just shut out from the whole world and pretty much get bored or whatever the case may be. And they find an interest with stuff around the house and they're like, okay, I can make, you know, I can turn this into a business or they, you know, start thinking like, how can I profit from this? So that helped out a whole lot as far as, you know, um, thought process of trying to figure out, you know, their next goals and their next steps. It just made it a little bit harder versus people, you know, being able to go out and actually meet with people or, um, you know, going out into the real world and actually doing things with it. That's an interesting thing to bring up because, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're in a age where it's more possible to work for yourself. But yeah. I mean, given there, there there's always going to be some challenges and, you know, some could say, well, it's still easier to just work for the, the big man or the big woman or big non-binary, yeah. mm-hmm. whatever the boss. And for you to kind of be that life coach to try to educate people, like what are some things that you do for those who feel like, man, I, I just want to run my own business, but I don't know how and I don't know if I'll be able to make enough money to afford for myself. I mean, mm-hmm. you as a life coach, you know that, I mean, part of that goal is helping people with their concerns. I mean, not necessarily therapists, but of course, there's always a yeah. problem and a solution. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, it's 
it starts off with uh, finding out their passion or, you know, what they're at least interested in, something they can see themselves doing um, long term. If that, you know, if they're trying to make a, a living off of it, um, it's, you know, it always starts with something, a hobby of theirs that they, you know, at the time didn't think about, like, you know, I could honestly see myself doing this for a living. Um, so it, it's just the main step is finding out what their um interest is what their passion is now did all i mean with with what i mean you're with your teaching with a, a life coach i mean also a public speaker and another mm-hmm. thing that i'll get into a little bit later but with you know you're edu- or the ed- educating others on trying to reach their goals does that lead into your book pieces of me it does yes yeah. um i it hasn't been i haven't you know, actually published it yet, but it's, um, because it was one of those things of everybody, every single person in this world is going to go through something that, you know, tries them and challenges them. And, you know, through every trial, there's some type of testimony or, you know, a lesson to be learned through it. And, uh, that's what my book was about for me is my own story of how things that I've been through in my life and how I was able to learn from it and use it to my advantage to be able to reach goals and push me and to motivate me to do, you know, do something different and do something better for myself because of things that I went through in the past. So um, that's just one of those things of, you know, everybody's going to go through something. It's just figuring out, you know, how to change it and use it to your advantage. Yeah, which... I mean, as a life coach of helping people out and then, I mean, starting off with, you know, what, what is their passion and everything, but mm-hmm. I mean, for people to work for their own and be that independent business, there's always that, well, you do have to market yourself in some way. Yeah. So how do you work, like work someone through the step of, okay, I know what I want. This is what I want to do. I have these skills. Now, mm-hmm. if I were to work for myself and not have to work for a company, a corporation, and everything, what are some things that I could sell me with? Um, for one, everyone got to have, you know, most people are visual. So you would have to have something, even if it's like a pamphlet or a flyer or a model of, you know, whatever it is. Um, that's, that'll be one thing. If you were to maybe do videos or example videos, if you were to like host a little small meeting or a little, um, as they call it, a a little party, um, demonstrating whatever it is, um, to different people and putting it in a video. That's another thing that you could do, uh, make a small commercial. And even nowadays, like I said, everyone does everything online. So you can use your iPhone, you know, laptop, whatever. And you can make, you can pretty much, I mean, everything's literally at your fingertips now. So you can pretty much make your own commercial now. Um, You can, you know, shoot your own little commercial, 30 seconds to a minute, however long, and make your little video, you know, edit everything. You can send it out that way to different businesses, you know, YouTube and and Facebook and Instagram, send it to different businesses because like, like I said, everything is online. That's where a lot of people get all their information or, you know, uh, their contacts for different things. So that the having the visuals and everything is going to be, you know, number one, because, you know, everyone's on their phone. Everybody's on, you know, 
iPads or, you know, computers scrolling through social media. I mean, that's the biggest part of, you know, having contacts. So um, that's that. I mean, that will be number one is to have a, you know, create you can use your personal page. Uh, depending on what you have on there, but you can make your, you know, a business page and find different contacts that way and reaching out to people, sending them your videos or pictures or however you need to, um, however you want to market that. And the more people that you reach out to, you know, the more people that are, you know, could possibly find interest in what you have to offer. It's just basically finding that way of giving it to them in a way to where it's not in a cocky way of, you know, but saying like, this is why you need me, or this is why you need, you know, my services or, you know, what I could provide you. Well, I mean, it, it all depends. Like, for example, if they were to do an OnlyFans, then they're like, well, this is why yeah. you need me. I mean, if they were a horny guy, they would say that like, yeah, I yeah. do need you. And they will obviously yeah. subscribe and do weird things in their room. And then their parents will walk upstairs and go, George, what have you been doing? Nothing, mom, go away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's just all how you market everything. I mean, even with, you know, I'm not into the OnlyFans thing, but I mean, even with that, people have to market it. They have to get it out there somehow, you know, to different, um, I don't even know how, I guess, subscribers or however but i mean even still you would have to market it somehow well i, I mean i have no shame with the life i mean again any, any success is any success so i, I yeah, you know i yeah, fully respect yeah i mean they're what they're wonderful human beings who use only fans so it's not yeah. a mm -hmm. disregard I, i'm just saying that they're you know that you'll probably get a lot of success but yeah have you experience some success stories off of people who have uh, been taught by you um i have and actually the the funny thing is i was a police officer while i was going through the life coaching um so i was able to use that as well um as a tool to be able to reach out to people that you know you know wanted to do social services or, you know, wanted to go back to school to do certain things or, you know, because like with, uh, with life coaching, it's not all about, you know, being an entrepreneur or whatever the case may be, but it's just about reaching goals or helping, you know, helping someone reach goals. And I was able to reach out to a lot of people that wanted to go back to school and, you know, get degrees to get a certain job and to help out other people or, you know, help out family with certain things. Um, I've had a girl, uh, she, she keeps in contact every now and then um, back home that's just like, you know, she met me through law enforcement. And I always, I use that as a way to be able to reach people. And um, she was like, because she met me that day, she, you know, was going through some things. I was able to connect with her and push her to reach her goals. I mean, she's a social worker now. I don't know yeah. if she's still back home, but she, you know, moved away, found a new life. And now she's, you know, on a path where she's able to reach out and help more people in situations that she, you know, she was in herself. You know, I, that was something I was wanting to get into because I, I think for right now, I mean, you, you could probably, I mean, I mean, you being a life coach, but also 
being aware of things that are going on in this world. I mean, you, you probably know, mm-hmm. like when today, when people look at police officers, they don't look at them fondly. And no. for a reason, there's yeah. a lot of things that are still needing to be solved regarding that. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you, I mean, you also like being a police officer for five years and mm-hmm. on top of that also being a, a black woman and mm-hmm. the fact that yeah the law enforcement or at least has not been regular i mean given by things that are both reported on the news and also not reported on the news but captured on mm-hmm. social media or people sharing their experiences is that uh, mm-hmm. Black men and women have been targeted by police officers okay. most of the times unfairly. Mm-hmm. Has that experience ever crossed your path, knowing that you've been in law enforcement for five years? Because you mentioned reaching out to people. Have you had mm-hmm. some resentment uh, towards you? Um. I have kind of, sort of, um, I was a police officer in my hometown. And so it was one of those towns where, you know, everybody pretty much knows everybody or, you know, if family's been there for years and years, they're going to know of you. And there was a lot of people that didn't understand why I was doing it. Um, I, I joined, let's see, um, when I was joining the police department, it was during the whole Ferguson um, situation. And so I wasn't joining at the best time. And so a lot of people didn't understand why I was doing it. So, I mean, I would get, you know, blocked on social media or, you know, people that I went to school with my whole life stopped talking to me or, you know, just so on and so forth. They didn't understand why I was doing it. But um, it was just one of those things where I just sometimes I could explain it, but it's not something that I can explain explained fully to where they're going to grasp and understand why I'm doing it. I could tell them, you know, I could tell them all day, but they're not going to fully understand because they're not, you know, they're not me. So yeah, I, I got a, I got a lot of resentment for it. Um, I mean, it, it kind of sucked, but at the same time, it was just like, you know, the good that I was doing and accomplishing within the job, you know, outweighed all that. It was just one of those things of, you know, this is what I said I was going to do. This is, I mean, I said I wanted to be a police officer when I was in seventh grade. And so, um, you know, that was one of my goals that I accomplished and I did it. You know, a lot of, like I said, a lot of people didn't understand why, but it wasn't for everybody to understand. It was only, you know, it was something within me. I understood why I was doing it. So I, I just didn't, I didn't take it to heart fully. Well, I mean, I get that. I mean, there's, not not every single police officer in existence is bad. I mean, even mm-hmm. when you even think about this, there are black police officers that have yeah. you know helped out others, but mm-hmm. where where people have that hostility, I mean, it, it is something where you, when you take that job, you do have to understand like where the system is and right now the system is i mean very racist that i mean to put it bluntly yeah yeah it is so with you spend five years in that service and and haven't gone through that but also have you had any opportunity like seeing all this that's been going on or Mm -hmm. have you ever had to even witness any of the and any of the the uh horrible things that you know people know like now uh, a lot about police officers. Fortunately, I have not experienced it personally. So that was one of the things 
um, that I was thankful for because I don't even know how I would even be able to process it. Um, now there, I have had some, you know, iffy people, but it wasn't anything where it was just like, this demands, you know, justice or they need to be fired or whatever the case may be, because it was always that, that line that people crossed. And it, it was like, you have to tread lightly on those situations because, you know, it can go one way or, you know, it can go another in the blink of an eye. And then you're stuck in this whirlwind of, you know, wait a minute, you know, let me, let me pause for a second. Like, what did I get myself into? But fortunately I have not experienced any of those situations that, you know, has been placed on uh, social media or on the news or anything like that. I have not experienced it. Well, I mean, you know, this, this happens even off, but just people are able to, I mean, what the, I guess if you want to say something that social media is broad is that, you know, it, it's allowed all this stuff to be caught on camera. So police officers, mm-hmm. bad police officers would not be able to get away with it. And the problem, mm-hmm. at least from my understanding, is that the good police officers don't. Th- there was a video actually a while back where uh, I, I think chief head of the law enforcement or the police or I think in New York, or at least it was around mm-hmm. the state where after George Floyd was killed. And instead of addressing the issue, he got mad at people just antagonizing the whole police, police force. And mm-hmm. well, what do you even think about it? You, I mean, you having a, this long of an experience. Now, you said that you're also in, in a town where everybody knows everybody. So it's very... yeah peaceful i assume but people want so there's two sides this there's side a people want the police reform and that that's something that I, I, a lot of people including myself would say uh definitely reform the police uh, mm-hmm. do not give them this much power that they have mm-hmm. a, and give them full punishment for doing any of these things and it doesn't even mm-hmm. have to be even just mur- mur- i mean murder definitely but if they're just going up to a random uh, black man woman or random asian man or indigenous i mean that that's yeah. also historically that has been uh so I mean, it's something i mean way back in the 70s actually yeah when uh but i mean historical lesson, i'm not a historical lesson but just things that, that has been going on from time to time and now people are more aware than ever thanks to social media just keep bringing it up mm-hmm. which is good but go back to what i was saying uh police reform and then police abolish because there is also mm-hmm. the group that wants just the police force to be gone. Yeah. What do you think about those two thoughts as a police officer? Uh, I do fully believe that, you know, if there are, you know, when there are situations where an officer is in the wrong for something, you know, just bluntly in the wrong, there's no question about it. They definitely need to be, you know, something needs to be done about it. Because if you don't stop it, it's going to be like one of those snowball effects to, you know, because some of the issues that, you know, all these, I'm just going to pinpoint like the the murdering of black men and stuff like that. It started from somewhere. It wasn't just a, out of the blue, you know, something was missed, something was missed up until that point. So it, I, I do feel like, you know, that needs to be taken accountable. As far as just like getting rid of, you know, law enforcement and everything, <laughs> I don't, 
I don't think that should, you know, I don't believe in that because when, you know, there's a call, most of the time we're the only ones that, you know, because like how many people do you know that's going to stand up and go to run code, run to gunfire? If there, you know, if there was a case where there's a shooting or something like that, how many people do you know for a fact is going to, you know, step up and be there to protect and everything. If you were to just, you know, think about whatever, you know, whatever town, whatever state, and you think about, you look at all the crime and you, you know, just completely just erase police officers. It would be, I I don't, I can't even imagine what it will turn into if there wasn't law enforcement, because, you know, like you said, there, there are still good cops out there. There's people out there that, you know, have probably been through something personally that wanted to, that made them want to be a police officer. And they're doing what they're supposed to do to try to help stop, you know, certain things from happening or that's going on in their community, whatever the case may be. So um, just completely getting rid of, no, but I do believe that cops need to be punished and um, held accountable for certain things that um, that they do on the job. Well, I guess my reason, my reason for like agreeing with you on this is that uh, and I forgot the name of the this town, but there is a town hidden somewhere in Texas, South Texas. Mm-hmm. If you were to just go off the path between Houston and uh, San Antonio, but like it, it mm-hmm. is somewhere where nobody has heard of before. And they thankfully, like, I don't think anyone's going to be able to find it. But this town or this small gas station, there is no police officers in sight. And that that is the hmm. reports where lynchings happen or, or wow. are to believe. And it, it's scary to, uh, to know of a part of Texas that I've never heard of until now that I've never been to and probably never will. Yeah. But there was no police. And my, my thought is that if there are no police officers, then would that decrease the amount of harm towards uh, people? Or co- I mean, especially black men and yeah. women. Because mm-hmm. there are people out there that just really want to kill black people. I mean, there, there are racist maniacs that yeah. unfortunately live here uh, not, mm-hmm. i mean live here in the u.s i mean like not yeah well i mean they, they I, again they could be anywhere but I, i'm just saying is that I, I i don't know what that would be like maybe that would be better i again i don't know like i'm not yeah. in that you never I, know until but i don't want to be ignorant and say that uh please I, I mean definitely they should be reformed so that that's where I, i'm hoping is that that's something that like the government has not stepped in and mm-hmm. uh, done yeah. yet so i don't know but the reason i mean i bring this up because i think this is very important you being a police officer that i mean th- this is an ongoing thing that yeah. black men and black women have to face and in fact some mm-hmm. of them feel scared to leave their houses because yep. of police officers that's true I, I mean yeah how do you even like I mean, you being an officer for that long, like, how do you even feel about like all all of that? It's and it's that's a question that I've gotten a lot. It's one of those. It's a frustrating position to be in because, you know, your own people think that you pretty much just turned on them. Oh, you know, because all they see is a uniform at that point, Um, you know, being called blue, you know, and everything. Um. But then it's just like, at the end of the day, I like I'm raising two boys. So, yeah. and it's just like, at the end of the day, 
I'm still black, you know, and so it's just kind of one of those frustrating situations like I'm here to help you. I'm not, you know, I'm not taking sides or nothing like that, but I want you to see me as a protector. Like I'm trying to protect you, but, you know, they don't see it that way. I mean, some do, but um, okay. a lot of them don't see it that way. It's just like, you know, why would you, you know, you know, betray us like that? And, you know, now you're a police, you know, or you, the feds or whatever, but it's just like, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be one of those that, you know, go against my own kind, as they say, right. um, but I'm here, I'm here as a protector. I'm trying to protect, you know, my people. And, um, but at the end of the day, when I take my uniform off, I'm black. <laughs> I've been, I mean, even off duty, I've been followed around Walmart. I've had my, I've been in, you know, checking out with my son trying to be, um, trying to choose between if he wants a toy or a piece of candy. And I've had a woman come and check my bags three different times to see if we, you know, if we're stealing. I mean, sitting there at, at her computer looking, you know, every time I scan something, put it in the bag, looking up at me and then checking her computer to make sure I scanned it. I, I live both sides of it, which is a frustrating position to be in. So it's just, it's just one of those things where, you know, I was trying to deal with it and the people that, you know, reached out to me, because I still have a lot of people, you know, that'll hit me up or, you know, they'll say, you know, she was, she was one of the good ones. Like I would go, you know, to what people say would be the, the bad side of town, which was always the North side. I'd be up first thing in the morning. Cause I work first shift. I'm out there, you know, I pull up on people all the time, go out there, talk to them. If I see somebody barbecuing or whatever, you know, I'm getting out my car, you know, when you going to get me a plate, you know, just trying to mend a gap and try, you know, try to show different people that, you know, just because I have on a uniform doesn't mean I'm not a human. Right. And so that was just one of those frustrating lines that I had to, I had to walk, you know, sadly, some people, you know, I drive down the street and some people, you know, are scared or, you know, whatever case may be. And it's just like, I'm not one of them, but it, you know, it kind of sucked to be in that position or to be viewed that way. But it was just like one of those things that I had to, I had to take, I had to just take it because, you know, I put myself in that predicament, but it was like, you know, I'm not here to hurt you. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to be a protector. Yeah. So do you, I mean, what, with you right now being a life coach, what, for, what, what is like your biggest income right now? Like uh, what, I'm, I mean, you're at a, uh, on your current impact, uh, uh, what am I saying? Uh, occupation, <laughs> what is allowing you to live in your house or afford um, to? I, I am, um, an artist so I do music as well and so I oh, wow. write songs and yeah <laughs> I write songs and I you know go perform at different shows and everything so okay well that's, that's, that's a lot yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I, I do a lot of things but I'm always that's my thing it's like I'm always finding stuff that I'm passionate about or you know that I okay. love doing and trying to you know trying to see how I can turn it into something that I can use in my everyday life or you know profit from you know um or just you know something that I can find useful for my everyday life and so I've been I've been doing music I've loved music since I was in elementary school grew up in the church you know singing and so um once my police career, you know, I stopped all of that. It was like a week later, I'm like, oh, I'm bored. You know, it was just like, I had to take a mental break from it because being a police officer is, ugh, it's so stressful. 
and mentally it will break you down. So once that was over, I was like, I have time for myself. What do I do next? And I was at home one day, my my boys were at school. I was like, you know what? I'm going to write a song. And I did that. I went to record it one day and I was like, you know, I can see myself doing this more often. And unexpectedly, I got a whole lot of uh, a, a good response from, you know, one of my first songs that I put out. And um, so I'm just like, you know what? I can do this, you know? So I'm just, it's just one day at a time. Yeah, well, so, actually, yeah. yeah. On your LinkedIn, it says you've been singing for 13 years. I tried looking for your music and mostly when searching you like the right now people view you as the life coach like i mean yeah, your, mm-hmm. your pieces of me and then of course your yeah. leadership conference that you had uh mm-hmm. and other sort of public speaking events that you've been to so yeah to know that music which is something that people or at least not enough people are bringing up that that's the one that is paying the bills that's interesting yeah. to kind of be able to yeah. have that extra job yeah um i just started taking my singing career serious about a year ago actually it was march of last year is when i actually took it serious um where it was just like you know what i'm going to sit down write music i'm going to find me a producer to make beats i'm going to travel i'm going to go perform you know it was it's been a year that i've actually just started taking it serious so um and then like with the in the music industry writing songs writing songs alone will you know get you a long way like there's a lot of people even like uh the singer neo he wrote music for a lot of people for a lot of big stars for a long time before he even came out star singing um i'm not on that level at all but um yeah it's just because like one of it's just one of those things you have to go about it the right way because you know one mess up can pretty much cost you everything so um, that was one of the things I just didn't come out with until a year ago and just take serious because you just have to, you know, be a little bit more cautious and careful with it. I get you. But yeah. I, I'm just really excited for you. I hope that with this new path that will kind of, yeah, you know, give you kind of a, a much better life experience or at least mm-hmm. something where you, you aren't feeling exhausted you aren't feeling stressed out and, and drained and having the yeah. oh yeah you know, with all the crud that you dealt with as a police officer but mm-hmm. uh, i mean if you i mean you have a long path ahead of you with i mean all, all this combined I mean, mm-hmm. and then raising kids. I mean, that that's another thing. Your mom, oh my gosh, woman. Yes. <laughs> I am a single mom. Raising a single mom. Oh my gosh. Yeah, How do you even mom. keep up with yourself? Yes. I, look, some days I don't know, but it's just one of those things like being a mom alone just pushes you. Just make, you know, you have to get up in the morning. You have to do this, but then you find... Um, you find peace within it because I can work 10 times harder than a person that, you know, has a whole family and support system. Um, like, you know, I have my mom and stuff back home, but as far as like having a, you know, a family, as far as a husband or a boyfriend that's in the home and all that stuff, I can go to like, I've, you know, gone nonstop, tired, <laughs> tired as a dog and kept on pushing myself because my kids are all, you know, I'm all my kids have. 
And so I know that if I stop, if I, you know, I, I stop going as hard, you know, it, you know, it could cost me something. So it's just like one of those, that's my motivation to keep on. That's why I have so many different, you know, outlooks and, you know, different things that I'm dabbling in because, and I also want to show them, you know, like I said, with them being young black men that I'm raising that, and, you know, it, in that in itself, it's scary, but at the same time, I'm trying to show them that they can't, they're not a statistic they can't use me, you know, them being raised by a single mom as an excuse as to why they can't do something. Because if I can do, you know, if I can went through being a police officer, being a life coach, being, you know, a singer, um, and like I paint, I do a whole lot of different things. I cook, whatever. If I can do all of this and I'm just one person, there's, they have no excuse. So that that's one of my main things. I want to set an example for them as to, you know, not to be scared to, you know, to at least try, even if, you know, this whole singing thing, you know, if I'm pushing myself and it doesn't go to where I'm, you know, wanting it to go, at least I tried. I gave it a try. I did my best. And so that's what I'm trying to show them. That's what I'm trying to get them to realize that, you know, whatever it is that you want to do, try it and give it your all and, you know, go from there. So that's my, that's my, my thing that pushes me which is a great thing i mean miss you just uh you just have everything <laughs> at least, at least yeah. i mean right now i mean again going through the hardships you had but just seeing how mm-hmm. it turned out i mean you know some people say misery is uh not not bliss but it leads to glory i maybe i don't know what's the the best uh al- allegory for that but mm-hmm. i mean the fact of where you are and how you got there i mean mm-hmm. th- that to me is an excellent life coach to take influence from yeah oh yeah yeah i just yeah i just hope over time even though you said like you're not in the police force or that w- with with things ongoing around this that you are looking at or at least i mean probably keeping up with all this so the fact that you're not even a police officer now mm-hmm. do you feel safe being out um yes and no <laughs> okay it's uh yeah well i mean you know it's a it was one of those things where like i said being a police officer mentally it just takes a toll on a person um it's yeah. why you know a lot of police officers there's a lot of police officers that commit suicide and things like that because there's a lot of stuff that we see that we endure. So it's just like, we have to put everyone else's problems for, you know, however many hours a day that you work, you have to put everybody's problems in front of yours, no matter what it is, you know, that's going on at home or whatever the case may be, you have to put everybody else first. Because if you, you know, if you don't, you go out there on the streets thinking you're okay, you know, you know, dealing with something at home, but you can still go to work. It, it can be just that one split second. And, you know, something to happen or you're on a call, you let your guard down or you're still thinking about stuff at home. It can, it's a split second thing. It can cost you your life, you know, um, or whatever. So it, it's just it. me not being a police officer has saved me mentally. I will say that okay. not being a police officer is um, it feel kind of I'm not used to it, kind of, because I still wonder like even when I'm, you know, I'm in Texas now, but I plan on moving again next year. 
I'm always wondering of the crimes that's going on that we don't know about because like I said, me being a police officer where I was born and raised, where my fam- family was born and raised, it was like, like they explained it to me, I'm going to see the dark side of the world or of the town, you know, um, they, you know, they're, you know, they tell you in the introduction, you know, you thought everything was good, but now you're about to see the dark side. Things that I couldn't even, you know, imagine happening in my own town was happening. And I didn't see it until I became a police officer, going to them calls and witnessing things firsthand. So it's just like, you know, when you go to a different area, it's just like, I know there's stuff that's going on in this town that I, I'm not aware of. It's not necessarily something that's going to, you know, affect me in my home or whatever, but it's always that wondering of, you know, what it is. And so it's just kind of one of those, like, I still, I'm still in the mood of wanting to, like, I kind of want to still be a police officer, but I, I know mentally it's best that I'm not because I need to be 100% mentally to be able to take care of my boys and take care of my home the way I need to. Um, but yeah, there's always still a piece of me that just kind of just like, mm, I wish I could, you know, be that one. Like I understand when, like, you know, how like a, a lot of older people and stuff still have like police scanners and stuff and they're listening. Like I, I 100% understand <laughs> why they do that because it's just like, you never know what's going on in your own, in your own town, maybe a block away from you, not even a block away that, you know, that they're not even, they're not going to put it on the news or, you know, you're not going to get a text message about it or nothing like that. So it's just one of those borderline things for me. Right. No, so I, I enjoy talking to you. I mean, you're, you're bringing up a lot of really important stories about yourself and, yeah. and the work that you put in. Where do people, actually, when you said uh, in uh, Dallas, Texas, I mean, you know, not, not Dallas. Well, I, I read on line that uh, you were interviewed in Dallas, but uh, I, I'm actually based in Dallas and yeah, you know, oh, okay. uh, in before you, if you decide to move, because I'm mm-hmm. starting to go out about, you know, uh, mm-hmm. would love to even meet you, but if not, then that's perfectly fine. I uh, hope that whatever comes next, that's only going to go up from there. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Where do people find your work? Um. I'm on Instagram. I'm pretty much on everything. <laughs> uh, Instagram, Facebook, and um, shoot, even TikTok or Twitter. Um, and it's my name is Victoria Danielle Official. It's more so targeted, you know, towards my music right now um, because I'm trying to, you know, pretty much categorize everything at the moment. Um, I still have people that contact me on the side for other things, so I'm not opposed to that at all. Um, my my thing is I'm trying to expand myself so I can help more people. So um so yeah, TikTok, Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Twitter, Victoria Danielle official. Okay, this will be on Pond Express, which is on all podcast hosting platforms of your choice, just uh, Acre, Spotify, TikTok, uh, not well TikTok and other places. I mean, whether you listen to podcasts. But as far as other social medias, Facebook.com says Pondspress, Instagram says Pondspress. I'm on Twitter, she's Pond64. I, well, I mean, the fact that you're just calling means uh, not seeing your awesome face. So 
I might. I mean, if there's a way I can actually, uh, yeah, you know, I I will actually put uh, video clips on Insta Reels and TikTok on our Pond's Press. Okay. And uh, yeah, Miss, I uh, hope uh, you have on a wonderful rest of your night. And uh, yeah, just uh, take it easy. Thank you so much. You too. Yeah.